What's up, guys? Uh, NBA playoffs are here. I'm joined by Malik Warren and Mateo Mayorga. What's up, guys? Good to be back. All right, Thanks for having right. me. Yeah, like always, man. Let's talk some boss. So, that said, let's get right into it. So, um, there's so many games we could talk about. We'll, we'll talk about the Heat in a little bit. Let's get to a more interesting series. That is probably the best game so far, the Kings and the Warriors, in my opinion, at least. I uh, had a lot of scoring. Darren Fox showed why uh, he's one of the most clutch players in the NBA. There's a, a new award this year. I think it's the most clutch award, which is kind of funny. But, uh, Mateo, I'll start with you first, man. Did you get a chance to watch this game? So what were your thoughts? Yeah, yeah it was very exciting. It didn't have too much defense in it. Um, this is like the – worst matchup possible for the Golden State Warriors because they are very talented and experienced, but they're older and slower, and the Kings are full of youth and very quick and also motivated. But, you know, in this game, the Warriors were able to hold DeMontis Sabonis in check, scoring the ball. You know, Kevon Looney did a pretty good job, but here's... points he was getting with and without help like he could just get into the lane like it's nobody's business and Malik Monk off the bench a 32 piece Trey Lyles with yeah. like 16 the problem with them is just you know the Warriors limited them to 12 fast break points I'm sorry if you hear my dog in the background no the Sacramento Kings are capable of putting up much more and what this indicates is they were pretty good in scoring in the half court and the Warriors historically have been known for having good defenses but this year that's been one of their you know downsides and they're not very good on the road so I expect the next game to be very similar a, a close game but I'm not sure how it's gonna go so right now though yeah a lot of people have the worst the trendy finals pick I don't see it I know they have curry and stuff we'll talk about that in a bit but Malik, man, they have one of the best slogans in basketball you love to say a lot, uh, light the beam. Uh, they certainly lit it the other day. Darren Fox was the first one in postseason history to ever do it. Uh, but uh, what do you think about these Kings, man? And by the way, to mention your point, Mateo, uh, they could be a lot better. Sabonis, I believe, started off the game like two for eight or one for nine, something like that. He had a really slow start, but off on the boards, he was great. But what do you think about that game, Malik? Um, I think it's just really impressive how good and how – consist how the the kings have learned to be consistent at the end of games that was their their problem um for at least like the past two years because De'Aaron Fox has been on the cusp of being an all-star guard in the west uh they just they know how to close games now um and I, I really do credit this a lot to Mike Brown I think he's going to be the difference on both uh sides for the Warriors and for the Kings uh, I mean there's there's a reason why the king uh the Warriors aren't as good as they were last year at this point is because of Mike Brown. He really, like, kind of tailored that entire offense for the past six years. There's a reason why the Kings are number one in offensive efficiency offensive efficiency, and number one in scoring. Um, yeah. Like you said, there was no defense played, but when when you can score at will, I don't you, – you don't really need to play defense. And – to start the fourth quarter, I saw this and I thought this was like insane. Um, for to start the uh, the fourth quarter, the Kings scoring went De'Aaron Fox three, Malik Monk three, uh, De'Aaron Fox hitting two free throws, De'Aaron Fox hitting a layup, De'Aaron Fox pull up, Harrison Barnes elbow uh, two pointer, De'Aaron Fox three, Malik uh, Monk free throws, De'Aaron Fox three. So essentially, down the stretch, when it mattered, Mike Brown went to his two best playmakers, which are Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. Go figure. Yeah, um, very well said, Malik. Another thing about uh, this game, Mateo, was uh, Andrew Wiggins really played some of his first basketball he's played in a long time. And honestly, it looked like he didn't miss a step. He played really well, in my opinion. Um, forgot what his stat line was, but it, it was just good to see him get out there again. I... Uh, made my predictions on Twitter. I had the Warriors in seven. I still believe that's going to be the case, but uh, I'd be I'd be presently surprised if the Kings came out with a four-game win series over the defending reigning champs. Um, but look, the Kings have, have a 1-0 lead. Mateo, do you believe that the Warriors are going to bounce back and take the series? Do you think the Kings have a legitimate shot to uh, win three more games and take the series here? 
then Malik, you can go after and answer that as well. I think the Warriors are going to give him a good series, but I got Sacramento beating the defending champions. What really is one of the difference makers for me is, you know, Sabonis didn't get going offensively and, you know, he didn't have an assist either, but you know, when he runs the dribble handoff, you're creating a mismatch because you're forcing a switch. And I just think he can have a much better game. De'Aaron Fox, he can score 30 against the Warriors defense this season. Well, I know they got Andrew Wiggins back, but if he's got the help of a of a pick from one of their front court players like Lyles or Sabonis or even one of their guards who's looking to go on some pick and pop, you know, I don't think the Warriors can close out fast enough or stop the drive quick enough. So I think the goal I'm sorry, the Sacramento offense is just so lethal right now. Good point Malik made. Um Mike Brown was the um, goal, I'm sorry, was the offensive coordinator for the Golden State Warriors. Basically, that's what his role was when he was an assistant for Steve Kerr, and it's really showing dividends right now. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Malik? Um, I mean, yeah, I I had the the Sacramento Kings winning in six, um, and yeah, just to mirror everything that uh, Mateo just said, I I, I think uh, Golden State at this point they're too slow defensively. Uh, Andrew Wiggins looked good, but this is like it's the playoffs is a little bit faster, and the rotations are gonna get shorter. Um, I don't think he's gonna be that much of a difference scoring wise, and yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't. the The Warriors don't look good at this point. They can still score. Curry's still lethal, but at the same time, it's it's you have to play defense. Yeah, I agree. They have some concerns. Um, Gary and Payton didn't play as much. He's arguably one of their best defenders. They gave up a lot to give him. And Wiseman, who uh, we'll talk about that trade for another day. But um, I, we're, it's going to be interesting, man. The Kings have home court. They have they play another game, I believe, tonight or tomorrow night. Do you guys know? I forgot. I think it's tonight, correct? Um, the King, so, uh, Kings play tonight. Yes, the yeah, Kings. So. Man, if, if if the Kings win this game, the Warriors are obviously in trouble because there's really no home court advantage in this series because the Sacramento fans can just travel to Golden State if they really wanted to and vice versa. So um, it's going to be fun. But it's, it's, it was really nice to uh, see a, a Kings home court playoff game. I didn't even recognize the court. But uh, just to see De'Aaron Fox in prime time because the Kings are virtually never on TNT, it was nice for all the you know mediocre fans to get to watch them and say, who the hell is that? So uh, – <laughs> It's good for the Kings. Uh, we'll see. It's, it's going to be definitely an interesting series. Any last thoughts on this before we move on? Quick correction. I said Sabonis didn't have an assist. He, I, I, he had to. He he didn't have any in the second half. And, you yeah. know, his, his screen action when, you know, he runs the handoff, the initial ball handler defender, when he gets caught on it, it creates a very big problem against the drop coverage. So I, I got the Kings again in six. And by the way, he's a very underrated passer. The guy's averaging like almost close to six assists a game. He's a pretty good player. And on the boards, he's a monster, dude. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. All right, Malik, let's get to uh, another interesting game. The, the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Um, you know, everything was going great for the Grizzlies, and they, gave, they, they blew a late lead in the halftime. But the biggest story of this game at halftime is, oh, no, here goes Anthony Davis again. There's a famous clip of him saying, I can't move my arm. Honestly, from the looks of it, I, I, I thought he was done, at least for the game. And it starts to creep in your head, oh, he might be done for the series. And everyone's saying, oh, no, here we go again with AD. But uh, he came back the second half and played pretty well. And quite frankly, I thought he was their best player defensively. He was awesome. Um, it's never a matter of what he could do on the court. It's can he stay on the court because he's obviously a hell of a talent. So um, the biggest story of this game is John Morant's wrist. He landed him down late. And, and uh, a lot of people are saying he's doubtful for game two. Even he's Even he's – um, con- questioning his his legitimacy to coming in the next game, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, that's a big thing. But what do you think about this Grizzlies game? And do you give them any chance at all about John Moran? And keep in mind, by the way, uh, they have a pretty good record without Job. That's the regular season. I mean, the Grizzlies are good without Job, but they were better without Job last year. It's, this isn't really the same Grizzlies team. Uh, they're still a very good team. They're still really, really good defensively, but. At the same time, the Lakers are – they've kind of been the best team since the All-Star break uh, defensively. Um, so they know scrubs either. They play really, really good defense, and it showed yesterday. They have a lot of good pieces that actually fit now. 
And even when guys like um, D'Angelo Russell aren't really going, you have other guys finally on this team who can you can put the ball in their hands and they can create their own shot. Um, I like. I, I don't really see the Grizzlies uh, being able to pass uh, the Lakers. I didn't think the the Grizzlies would beat the Lakers before going in. And honestly, I if John Morant is not able to play this next game, I I think it's it's over for the Grizzlies. Um. I tend to agree with you. How about you, Mateo? You know, the initial reports were that after the game, I think he was doubtful that he could play. He couldn't, like, like you mentioned a moment ago, uh, like untangle like a like a, a ball sock, like a sock in a ball to like put put him on or something like that. And you, how do you play basketball like that? And like Malik said, you know, d- dang their record without him in in the regular season. Right now, they're also without Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark. They're two integral pieces of their front line. And something that happened in this last game is the Memphis Grizzlies were killed on the boards by 11. LeBron and AD went nuts. They both had double-digit rebounds there. And, you know, I I, I got to, you know, correct you on one thing. You know, you know, it's not just you saying it, Rob. Everyone's saying that the biggest storyline was, you know, John Morant's wrist. But for me personally, it's Austin Reeves' fourth quarter with 14 points. I was and, just and about Matt- to bring him up as well, yeah. I'm sorry I beat you to the punch, but this yeah, dude man. is awesome. Man. He can get to the mid-range, can hit the deep shot. And honestly, did you see that one pass on the baseline behind the back to Hachimura? I was, oh my that God. was nasty. Like, wow. But listen, yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies are too badly banged up. The Lakers have too much experience. Somehow they look like they got a bunch of depth when it didn't look like the case early in the season. I know they made a bunch of trades, but the Lakers look good. And right now they look like to like they're in firm control with the leader of the Memphis Grizzlies wounded. Yeah. And by the way, on Austin Reeves, he was a meme for a long time. A white country boy, you know, plays for the Lakers. There was that famous snapshot of Austin Reeves opening his eyes when LeBron was talking to him. I believe it was two years ago, and he's turned into quite a player. There's a couple of tweets like uh, Trey Young said he's going to get the bag this offseason. Dave Lillard said Austin Reeves is for real. Those are some funny tweets. He's a good basketball player. Um, it's going to be interesting in the offseason what happens to him because he's definitely going to have money. But uh, his play has been great, man. He's Honestly, I can honestly say he's probably been their most consistent player since the All-Star break because LeBron's been out and AD's been inconsistent at times. But, uh, yeah, kind of crazy turn of events with Austin Reeves. What a, what a player. They, what a find for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any last words, Malik? No, I, and I also uh, don't want to overshadow Rui Hachimura had a game high 29 points. Okay. Uh, he also had the game of his life, too, and I'm just really happy for a guy like that. He, when he plays uh, the entire – well, a lot of Japanese play, uh, people watch. Uh, um, sorry, I, I was reading this article the other day on Rui Hachimura and his connection to Japan. And and he's a pretty special guy. And the, to see him succeed at this level, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Also, uh, he's showing why he was a top 10 pick for the Wizards. I mean, the guy has size and switch on defense. And his shooting was really good in college. It transitioned uh, this game. I'm still skeptic that he's going to do that the rest of the series. Uh, if he does it, great. But uh, I personally don't think he's ever going to play a game like that the rest of the series. If he does, I hope, I hope I'm proven wrong. But uh, that was definitely a huge uh, huge boost for the Lakers. If he's playing like that, this team's hard to beat, man. And LeBron was probably the third or fourth best player in the game the other night. So uh, it shows how kind of deep they are recently. But, uh, yeah, Mateo, any last words on this series? You know, Jared Vanderbilt was such a stud pickup. He only played in 23 minutes of this game, but – his ability to switch and, you know, disrupt offense in the lane is just such a difference maker for the Lakers. And if uh, Grizzlies are most likely going to be without Ja, it just puts a whole bunch more stress on, you know, Ty's Jones to, you know, initiate offense, you know, score inside and try to force double teams. But it, it likely won't happen because, you know, Jared yeah. Vander, someone who, who's he's matched up with you. And really I, you. I will say this on the loss of Ja. Uh, Tyus Jones, in my opinion, is the best backup point guard in the league, uh, if not top three for sure. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they play. Obviously, John Moran, uh, probably most likely being out for game two, is a huge loss. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, a more surprising series win, uh, or not series one, game one win. 
that is the Clippers being the, the Suns. Personally, I'm shocked that uh, the Clippers played that well. Um, and what? who would ever thought that Russell Westbrook, two for 12 from shooting or close to that, uh, would be honestly the, the, the game-changing player this game was great on the boards. Uh, he looked like Vincent Westbrook from OKC rebounding. It was spectacular. And uh, the defense uh, laid on Devin Booker to not only block the ball, but get it and throw it off him uh, was pretty impressive. Uh, Malik, I'll start with you, man. What did you think of that series? Uh, were you surprised that the Clippers won? Because honestly, I was pretty I was pretty surprised. I won't say shocked, but I was pretty uh, – I was like, wow. Um, so to be honest, I wasn't surprised uh, because the Clippers are really good defensively in particular – Kawhi Leonard's very, very good defensively. I thought uh, that uh, Kawhi versus Kevin Durant is obviously going to be the key matchup in this series. Um, but in, to your point in, in Westbrook, the guy affects winning. Like, he he's – for, what, like two years, he averaged a triple-double. Uh, no one has, had ever been able to do that since Oscar Robinson. Um and like he he brought pretty bad Thunder teams to the playoffs, albeit probably only uh he only gets to like the first round and gets knocked out. But still, he he affects winning. The guy knows what he's doing and he knows when to when he needs to make a play. Um, and so yeah, he he can't shoot, but he he knows how to affect the game in other ways. Whether it is his team is pretty undersized, so he goes and grabs a rebound. He was playing fantastic defense on Kevin Durant. I was surprised that the Clippers had uh, Russell Westbrook on Kevin Durant for as long as they did. And I was surprised at how well he was playing in defense. He was picking Kevin Durant's pocket every uh, single time Kevin Durant would uh, go to his post game. Uh, He had, I think, like two blocks on Kevin Durant. He he was pretty impressive. Um, They have guys like Norman Powell. Norman Powell, he is a very solid bucket at this point in time. He's a great shooter. Uh, he's got a great handle. Eric Gordon looked like the old Eric Gordon. It was pretty cool to watch. Uh, but to your point on being surprised, I was surprised that the the Suns were able to give up their their lead. Once the Suns gave up that eight point lead, I was like that. I, I was shocked at that, but I wasn't shocked at how well the the Clippers were able to play. Okay. Um. Good analysis there. How about you, Mateo? Man, obviously Kawhi was a beast last night. Uh, it shows that that load management paid off. You know, R- Russell Westbrook, who he had a um, didn't have a great game from the field. I think it was three for nineteen. But you know, late he had a key offensive rebound, and he found a sniper on the perimeter to, you know, give the Clippers a boost. He was pretty good in in moments. You know, you you certainly need him to be better than three for nineteen, especially when Durant gets cooking after the first quarter and Devin Booker is having a a decent night as well. And, you know, DeAndre and there's no slouch too. But the thing is, like, um, I don't think the Phoenix Suns can really bother Kawhi. Kevin Durant, I know, was doing a little bit of disrupting him in the first half and I think maybe a little bit of shadowing later in the game. But Kawhi Leonard can get to his spot whenever he wants. And this is him doing it without his sidekick, Paul George, there to, you know, deflect some of this attention. I think Kawhi is still capable of putting up another game, like, that's in this area, but maybe a little better, like maybe a 45-point game, because once he beats the point of attack, it's it's pretty much over. So uh, this is a... I was kind of surprised when I saw the line. I, I know it had something to do with Paul George being out, I think, on FanDuel, but... The Clippers were at plus 500 or, or, or I think the Suns, never mind, minus, uh, minus 500. But I, I like the Clippers in this series, man. Really? I, yes, I, I just, I just, I know the, the Suns don't have the deepest bench, but I just, first of all, there was a huge mistake by Monty Williams. He went all small of Devin Booker when they were up seven points yeah. and they didn't change and it was shocking. They basically gave up the lead, but. My my biggest issue was why the hell is DeAndre Aiden taking free throw jumpers ISO with less than four minutes in the fourth quarter to go? Chris Ball couldn't hit a shot to save his life that game. Um, pretty pretty surprising stuff. I, I mean, you would think in the last four minutes of the game, either Booker or Katie's going to shoot that ball. Um, but uh, look, I just think that Katie's obviously tremendous. Not that Kawhi isn't, and they have Booker, but uh, it shows that the, the chemistry needs to be there. And, uh, 
I thought losing Paul George was was is a big deal. There's rumors that he might be out the whole series. We'll see about that. But uh, yeah, you're right. You're right, Malik. They have Norman Powell who plays well. Uh, he was in consideration for six men of the year, but then he lost it a little bit. But he's a good player. Uh, Zubak is a very underrated center. The guy puts up 12 points virtually every game and rebounds like crazy. Gordon. Um, yeah, Gordon. They they have they have good players. So. Maybe I'm overlooking this team because of the Paul George injuries. Because he's such a key piece of that team. But you're right, they're they're deep. But there there was this there was this uh, tweet today that Tyron is the best coach in the NBA. I, I would hold out a little bit, but uh, yeah, Steve, you never know. Man. I mean, they they play defense like so. Kevin Durant the entire first quarter doesn't uh, get to attempt a, a shot. Attempt, yeah, he had zero right? donut. Yeah, he, he had a, I think he had six assists in the the first quarter. I do believe he, he so he was playmaking. But they're playing defense, and they're kind of mimicking the Boston Celtics uh, last year. Um, yep. When they – essentially what they did uh, um, when KD was on the Nets, they bum rush him as soon as he gets the ball and force him to make a play rather than take the uh, a shot that he's comfortable with. It's pretty impressive. It was for sure. Um, yeah, any last words on this series? Obviously, there's a long way to go. This has legitimacy of going seven games, but uh... – any of you guys have any other uh, thoughts on this? You know, Norman Powell is a bucket. He's someone you could probably rely on to get you close to 20 a night in this series. He's He's got some size. He's strong. And, you know, he's a lethal option when he's wrapping around a screen on the perimeter. So the Phoenix Suns better hope they win the next game because if they don't, they're in some real trouble, obviously. Yeah. And by the way, the, the Clippers pick and roll defense was great. Uh, it, I, Absolutely. Um, real, real quick, you know, Eric Gordon, you know, got the party going with a huge first quarter with 12 points. Mm-hmm. He nailed both of his triples. I think he only missed like one shot. I, I don't want to like forget one of the key role players in this I game. Agree. You know, he really got it going for them. He's going to be important, man. He's a very streaky shooter because there's times that guy can't hit anything. And then there's times he just hits everything. So he's important. Ironically, he's back with the Clippers. He got drafted by them and was there for a while. But uh, glad to see him doing some things and get out of Houston. Yes, um. All right, Malik. Uh, you live in Boston. Boston is a great sports town. Let's talk about the Celtics here. Um, they gave him a good old whipping. Uh, you know, uh, Trey Young was locked down. Um, uh, Jalen Brown played great. Jason Tatum had a little bit of an off game. Still played well. Um, let's start with you first again, man. Look, you live in Boston. Celtics are probably the most popular team in that city right now. They have the Boston Bruins going, but uh. Everyone loves their basketball in Boston. I thought they they did a really good job against Atlanta. Uh, based off what I saw, I'd be surprised if Atlanta got one game. Uh, they're, they're they're just defenses, just not there. <laughs> so what do what do you think about that, Malik? I think that watching the game, um, watching that game in particular, everybody's like all everything that we said about these two teams was confirmed beforehand and then once tip-off starts we're just like okay yep they are who we think they are they're not very good defensively they're streaky um if you take the ball out of Trey Young's hands nothing really gets going for them which is essentially the same problem that they've had for the past four years since Trey Young's been in the league um I think Trey Young was like a um he was a minus like 20 and then Deontay Murray the guy who they got so Trey Young can play off ball was like a a minus nine in his minutes. Um, Trey Young was what I I think he took like eighteen shots and had sixteen points, eight assists. Um, they're not very good defensively. The and Derek White in particular. Um, last year, the whole game plan when you were playing against the Celtics was let Derek White shoot. He's shooting thirty eight percent from three now. This guy was hitting pull-up threes, contested threes all night. And I think the difference between the Celtics team this year versus last year is seeing Derek White go off like this is nothing – it's not new anymore at this point. You kind of expect this. The Celtics are very, very deep. They didn't even go to their full bench. Derek White doesn't even start. I mean, uh, not – sorry, not Derek White. Uh, Robert Williams, he didn't even start. 
and there was a play where Trey Young pump fake twice and he doesn't bite. And this is a center guarding a playmaking uh, point guard. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, my, my main concern is just the defense on this team, man. I mean, you're already lacking it a lot with uh, DeJounte Murray and, and, and Trey Young, arguably the worst defensive backcourt in the league. But, Mateo, what do you think about that game? Well, the Celtics really blew up whatever the Atlanta Hawks were trying to run. They were up 30 at halftime, and really the case is, looks written, and the Celtics are adding on you know, it for Trey Young in the playoffs. Length and the ability to switch really bothers him. I think at the intermission, he was like three from 11 from the field, and DeJunte Murray was slightly better, four for 11. Like, if you were a box score watching, you might have thought this was like a game in like November where no one really gives a, a you know what. But <laughs> Celtics, you had to watch it to really appreciate like how one side was kicking the other side's butt. Like, you know, to Malik's credit about Derek White, this dude is such a player. He's one of 10 guys this year to log all 82 games. And McCall Bridges, who we'll probably talk about later, was the lone guy to play at 83. But Derek White also logged over 1,000 points this year. He's a very good player and someone with some size that can disrupt smaller guards. And really, I don't think this is going to be a very competitive series. You know, when you see a play-in team come into the um, the postseason most of the time, it looks like they're going to get swept. I know there's another group that came in that doesn't look like that, but for different reasons. But this doesn't look like it's going to be a very long season. Or excuse me, series, Rob, Malik. Yeah. Um, I, I will give the Hawks a little bit of credit here. They, they, did, they were down 30, and they did pull it up to 12 at one point. Um, they did make their shots, but it was a little bit too late for that. Uh, I thought Jalen Brown played great that game. Uh, he was all over the place. Uh, was finishing well. Um, going to be interesting there's a lot of rumors around Trey Young and this team um I don't know why Quinn Schneider took this job in the middle of the year I, honestly I thought he had his choice of jobs in the offseason I mean you never know what's going to happen in Denver maybe Mike Malone could go um <laughs> it's 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 it, it, it's a long shot but you never know Toronto could be available I mean there's a lot of jobs out there that are intriguing Houston job is is, is a very intriguing one as well so I don't know why he would take this job in the middle but uh but tell you, you have something to say indeed have you ever traveled to Atlanta? Yeah, of course. Well, my, it's one of my favorite spots. That place is beautiful. The nightlife is, you know, tremendous. And really, I just had such a great time. I, I Really, one of my favorite trips I've ever had is going to Atlanta. And it was, you know, semi-professional, you know, semi-for-leisure. But that could be a reason. And, you know, like, like let's just say they move in a different direction with, you know, their backcourt. He was probably always gonna, you know, always wanted to be somewhere where it was a good city and you got like a, a very hot guard who can, you know, be attractive and at least be entertaining. So yeah. I think that's a factor. Let me ask you guys, do you all do you all agree with me that this is gonna be a sweep or you think Atlanta somehow squeezes out a game or two? I agree. That's a sweep. All right, we got a sweep across the board. Um Let's get to uh, another series. Um, Mateo, you live in Denver. Uh, Denver played Minnesota last night. There's this viral video going around of Jokic doing the most ridiculous spin move on, on Towns and scoring. Uh, I've never seen a player like him spin the way he does numerous times and score. I mean, he did it again underneath the basket with Towns again and, and, and twisted his body like two times, missed the layup, and then put, the, put it back in. He's pretty impressive on the floor. So let's start with this series. Look. Honestly, this, this game looked like Timberwolves were just gassed. They played back-to-back -back games in a matter of 48 hours and then they play the top seed in the, in the West. Um, that's a lot to ask in a week, so I'm not surprised that the Nuggets rattled them the first game. But um, what were your thoughts? Well, you know, I thought the first half was a, a pretty good effort by the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were still down double digits, but, you know, when you're around, like, I want to say 9 to 13, 14 points, you're kind of within striking distance because the three-point shot is such a uh, vital weapon in the league today. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. they Their offense completely fell apart in the second half. They only scored like 36 points. And to your point, the, you know, the spin move that the Joker performed like in, in transition, you know, past the Carl Anthony Towns, I was like, 
I had my, my my jaw was floored, man. Like I haven't seen someone that big be that agile and smooth. And you know, I I really can't remember how long. I don't want to discredit, you know, the OTs in history, but I, I don't think this is going to be a very long series. Jamal Murray was the uh, Denver Nuggets is leading scorer in the second half. He had like 15 points too, but th I just think the Nuggets have too many weapons. And here's the thing. Nikola Jokic is like a V12 engine when he's, you know, operating in the elbow, excuse me, at the elbow and up top and everyone's moving around. He's like the perfect quarterback who will, you know, put, put the needle right on target when his guys are like in, you know, tight windows. So yeah. I don't think the Minnesota Timberwolves got much for this. Uh, the Nuggets in the series, maybe a game. It's pretty impressive. How about you, Malik? What do you think about that game? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So going in, honestly, I thought with the Nuggets, you'd have I'd have to see what um, what's his name? Jamal Murray gives me. Uh, Jamal Murray is a guy coming off of injury. He, I honestly haven't really watched much of a uh, Denver Nuggets basketball. It's a known fact that I do not like the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> um, with that being said, Jokic didn't really have that great uh, – he didn't have a, a a giant game, but it was really Jamal Murray who set the tone. Uh, this guy, he, he's looking just as fast, if not faster, than he was two, three years ago. Um, he was able to knock down shots, and he's playing great defense too. Uh, I, I – I really do like the the Timberwolves. I like Anthony Edwards as a player, but after watching this one game, I don't see how they can overcome this Nuggets team. This Nuggets team is too deep. They're too fast. They can score at will. Uh, their their previous issue was being able to score in Jokic list minutes, and they just blew them out the water when Jokic was sitting down. Um, yeah. It's a sweep too. I. I'm going to disagree on the sweep. I actually legitimately think the Timberwolves could get potentially get two games. I, I have to see more. I think they were gassed the first game. I think it's a lot to ask to play three games of that magnitude in, in, in a span of, what, 70, 70 hours or so. It's, it's, it's crazy. I want to see them play game two before I obviously make that decision. But um, I still think Cat is playing some of his best ball right now uh, the last two games. Uh, obviously, last night wasn't his best. I think he scored 14 points and missed a lot of bunnies. But uh, – I do believe Anthony Edwards is going to bounce back. He's due for a game pretty soon. Uh, having Gobert back is big for them defensively. He can still rebound. Um, there is times that the Nuggets struggle rebounding. They virtually Jokic gets, does all the rebounding for them. Um, that's something that the Timberwolves uh, have strengthened. I'll see. I love Mike Conley as a point guard. I thought that was a great get for them to get rid of uh, DeAndre Russell and then have more of a uh, perfect uh, – honestly, I think it's a perfect point guard for that team, what they're trying to do. Um I would not be surprised if they win. Oh, I think they're going to win a game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win too, but I, I have the Nuggets taking the series. But So you have a sweep. I have them winning in six. And how about you, Mateo? You know, I think I'm going to go with uh, Nuggets in five. I, I got to see more from Carl Anthony Towns specifically. And like what I saw in the third quarter last game, the Wolves were down, like I think 11. And in the seven minutes he logged for the third quarter, he had a donut in those in that time. And, you know, that's when you really got to put it on your shoulders and really go at the Nuggets interior. They're really not good at defending the paint. I, I They give up around 55 points a game there for the regular season. And really, if you're running some good screen action up top and rolling well to the rim, I'm telling you, you can beat them because Nikola Jokic is not a good backline defender. I, I need to see more out of him. And, you know, I, I, I didn't. So... Eventually, I think he will snap out of it, but I'm going to give the Timberwolves a game in this one. But, you know, Nikola Jokic, to your point, Malik, didn't have a monster game, but he only played like one minute of the fourth quarter. He wasn't really needed because... Well, he had a double-double double in the first half, so... <laughs> Absolutely. So, he was just tremendous. But, again, Nuggets in five. All right. Uh, fair enough. Let's get to uh, another game. I honestly... That's the Knicks and the Cavs. Um, honestly, Mateo, this had everything going for the Cavs. Jalen Brunson was in foul trouble. He had three fouls in the first half. Essentially, didn't play the rest of the half. Um, Donovan Mitchell was was sensational. I mean, he really was. I don't know the words to describe him. Um, I thought the Knicks stole this game, man. I thought this was really there for the Cavs, and they just found every way to screw up this game. Uh, they cut it. They they tied the game at one point. The Knicks just took over. Julius Randle had that. Ankle injury, but it looked like he didn't miss a step. He was great. 
Uh, when Brunson came back the second half, he was awesome. Um, no one stepped up besides Mitchell for the Cavs, honestly. Uh, it was pretty surprising to see. In Cleveland, Knicks steal the game, and uh, they're up 1-0. So it's pretty surprising. Let's start with you first. What do you think of that game? You know, uh, Brunson did get in some foul trouble, but before he did, Isaac Okoro was guarding him up top, and he really incinerated him getting into the lane and hitting He's some... an elite defender, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, this in this game – like in the second half, you really saw the duel of the small guards, JB and, you know, Spider Mitchell on the other side. Both of them are, you know, guys who can get into the paint at will. And, you know, what the offense, or excuse me, the opposing defense is doing is I see a lot of sagging off of the corners to, you know, clog the lane on the opposing drive. And, you know, they're living with the drive and kick. And But to their credit, you know, both of these teams defended well in this game. Like through the first half, um, neither team was – well, both teams are scoring below 40% of their field goals. So really, I think, you know, you saw the best game of the playoffs so far in, in this one. And to, one of my colleagues brought this point up. It's the best game of the playoffs so far was one where one team barely cracked 100 points, where you saw some real defense played. Evan Mobley, you know, I'm not sure if he's strong enough to guard Julius Randle inside the lane. He's definitely got the length for it, but he's too thin. And Julius Randle is really like a bull in a china shop, man. He is just an, an enormous and just strong and quick. He is a, a problem, you know, just guarding him inside. Mitchell Robinson is very good defending and drop coverage because of his length, and he's also someone who rolls very well to the basket. I I hate to say it, but, you know, I, I think I might favor the Knicks in this series. Oh, man, already after one game? Uh, I, I don't blame you. It's, it's going to be interesting. Malik, what, what did you think about it, man? Uh, the, honestly, I thought this is the, the Cavs game to lose, and they just found every way to lose before. So what do you think? No, honestly, I agree with Mateo. I think uh, I really do favor the the Knicks. And honestly, I think it comes down to experience. I think Jalen Brunson is – he. everybody at the beginning of the year said that this man got overpaid. And honestly, like, I, I've seen him play – I've been, like, eye-to-eye eye level with him, like, within, like, a couple, like, feet. And I'm 5'11". This man's not taller than me. So, like, shout-out to the 5'10", 5'9", ballers, because this dude – is 5'9 in the NBA getting buckets. This dude, Jalen Brunson, was dogging dudes the other day. I was, I've was i never been more impressed. Every single time I watch this guy play basketball, I'm just like, wow. Because the the difficulty, he goes, he's, it's where he's getting his buckets. He gets his buckets from all three levels. This guy is driving in. He's driving in on guys who are 10 times taller than him. He's scoring with ease. He's the Knicks' best player. And like it, it's so it's so crazy to see. Like I I don't remember seeing RJ Barrett uh playing like significant minutes, but what I do remember seeing was this guy playing really good defense. So shout out to him. But my God, Jalen Brunson is an absolute dog. Absolute he dog. He's been the signing of the year for them so far. Something else that I thought was pretty embarrassing for the Cavs is how do you have Mobley and Jared Allen get out rebounded? That's it was, it was incredible. In, inexplicable. Uh, shouldn't happen again. Uh, that's a big reason as to why they lost as well. Uh, Mobley was in defensive player of the year conversations. I mean, he needs to step up along with Jared Allen. They cannot afford to get out rebounded like that again. But uh, any last thoughts on this, Mateo? Yeah, to, to your credit about the rebounding, you know, the Cavaliers got burned for like 23 second chance points. And this is a game that was decided by a couple of possessions and late in the game I think Thibodeau went with Quentin Grimes because R.J. Barrett was you know giving him too much in the fourth quarter and you know it, it certainly worked you know the Cavaliers didn't shoot well in this game aside from really Donovan Mitchell but you know I'm not concerned about you know the really the production of their backcourt because even with Darius Garland getting 13 shots you're one and your two still gave you 55 points. You, you you take that almost every time. Like so, what you really need is the Cavaliers front court to be better. Specifically, Evan Mobley, man, he is someone who potentially could be a future MVP one day. If, if he's gonna if he's gonna get beat defensively, he needs to finish better than four of 13 shots, especially like when he's yeah. at close range, because these are gonna be very close games with the, both of these teams' ability to switch and really hound the other ball handler.
I agree. I think his ceiling is massive. We even heard Giannis, uh, I believe, a couple months ago said that uh, if anyone has a higher ceiling than him, it's Evan Mobley. So, um, yeah, man, he's yeah, he's a special talent. Um, it's gonna be interesting for sure. Uh, I can't wait to watch the next game. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell has been everything for that franchise, and he's definitely been worth what they gave up because the guy's been a certified baller the last couple, of, really this whole season. But to, I think he had a streak of where he scored 40 points in like four straight games or something like that as well. So, uh, pretty impressive, man. Um, all right, Mateo, let's get to the last game, the Miami Heat here. Uh, I will be on – I've been on record saying I wanted the Heat to lose to the Bulls to get that lottery pick. A lot of fans did. I just couldn't fathom them even winning a game. But, look, it's the playoffs. When you get in, anything can happen. We saw that with Giannis getting hurt. Uh, what the guy is like indestructible, but it's like every time someone plays the Heat, they find a way to get someone hurt unintentionally. By the way, um, but the the biggest story for this game as well was Tyler Hero breaking his hand diving for a ball. Uh, that is a huge loss for them. But Struce stepped up. Duncan Robinson made a couple shots. Um, honestly, Struce has really saved the Heat season so far. I mean, he was he he balled out for for the for the Bulls against the Bulls, and he made a couple clutch shots and. I thought Kevin Love's play was was great with the big minutes that he provided. Took a couple big charges, hit down some threes. This is the type of player we we wanted to have when we got him here. He's finally he played his best game for the Heat so far. Everything was there for the Heat, man. Uh, it, it caught a break. Uh, there's reports that Giannis is probably going to come back game two, but uh, they still won on the road, and now they have quote unquote home court. So, what do you think about all that, Mateo? Well, you know. Yeah, you're right. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Historically, injuries have affected every postseason run. Just grabbing some out of, you know, mental memory. Not not that I lived through some of these. I'm too young. In 1989, like the Los Angeles Lakers backcourt was out for the series, basically against the Detroit Pistons for most of it. Magic Johnson and Byron Scott couldn't play past a certain point. And, you know, I think Detroit may have won in a sweep that year Uh, or one one of the years they they saw the Los Angeles Lakers and you know the first year the Golden State Warriors won in 2015 not one team had a starting point guard you know available throughout the series you know so these things happen you know Giannis uh, collided into Kevin Love and fell on his posterior and injured himself apparently it was more precautionary he's probably going to come back uh, like because of this optimism and here's the thing without him in that game he's really like what ignites their offense and their defense without him on the defensive side you know the Milwaukee Bucks are a team that's that defends uh, pick and roll through drop coverage and once you beat the uh, man uh, defending the ball you really got Brooke Lopez in front of you and without Giannis on the floor you don't have that guy playing like a free safety who's like a security blanket who can you know come in if you see something wrong going on and just blow up the whole play that was missing and you know you had an excellent screener on the offensive end who was out and you know someone who put so much pressure on the rim rolling and you know just calling for the ball in the mid post you know he, he likely comes back the next game and that's likely uh, going to be a reason you know, Drew Holiday has a much better day from the field because the offense can't key in on him so well. But, you know, Chris Middleton was still able to drop like a 30-piece in this game. He had like 13 in the fourth quarter. So Miami did what was necessary. Uh, they got lucky with Giannis getting hurt and, you know, splitting this, um, uh, you know, the home court so far. But, you know, they're going to be without Tyler Hero that you mentioned. He broke his hand, and he is very important to them because in their starting unit, their two best players don't shoot well from outside, and he's their best shooter on the team. Yeah, and, and another guy that was really honestly annoying for the Heat fans was Bobby freaking Portis. Uh, he did everything for that team. Uh, took over really well. Uh, look, I thought that he got a lot of breaks. Drew Holiday had a questionable second foul, which resulted in him sitting out a long half, came back in. Uh, I believe he had 16 assists in that game, by the way, which is a pretty uh, crazy stat number. But yeah. um, look, everything went the Heat's way. We'll talk about what the, the expectations are for the rest of the series, but uh, Malik, what do you think about this game, man? There was so so much news in this game. It's crazy. I mean, I honestly, I was pretty shocked at the way that the the Heat started the first quarter prior to Giannis getting injured. Um, we were up. I was pretty shocked at the fact that we were even up in the first place. I thought the defensive rotations were really good. I do think that the loss of Tyler Hero. I think that's. I think that's it. Honestly, I think that the Bucks. 
without Giannis are capable of playing very, very good defense, um, good basketball. They've done it. Um, but without Tyler Hero, he is an integral piece to this offense. And I'm not very sure that I trust Max Drews to to continue at this point. I think if you give Boonholzer a couple of days to really dissect the game plan and take the ball out of Max Drews' hands, I think it gets a lot harder to score in this offense. I haven't seen Bam Adebayo really look have a very, very like a, a, a quality offensive game. He's looked nice, um, but he's getting beat defensively at I don't know. Yeah. I'm so optimistic. We'll we'll see. Look, the the Bucks are obviously one of the best teams in the re- in the NBA for reasons. Also, because of their depth. I will say this: um, I'm a big Eric Swolster fan, and I am willing to bet everything I have. He is going to send two defenders at Giannis and attack him and see how mobile this guy really is. Because the tailbone injury from someone who's had it, it sucks. You can't do anything. You can't get up out of your seat. When you wake up, it's hard to get out of bed. It, it's it's really a nagging injury. Um, I I really believe Giannis is going to play. But Mateo, I have a question for you that I'm pondering with here. Who should start for the Heat in place of Hero? Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo? I'm even seeing some Jamal Cain on Twitter, which I think is a little bit ludicrous, but you never know. You know, that is really tough. I might go with Victor Oladipo because, you know, in theory, because of his speed, he should be able to, you know, not uh, call for so many screens. So he getting inside the lane without help, you know, late in the season, you know, his handle didn't look very tight, but this hero um, injury really puts the Heat in a bad situation because with Giannis eventually coming back, you know, the the Heat really didn't defend too great in this game. It gave up 117 points and, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks shot very well in the paint. They still made like 23 out of, I think, 38 shots. So they were shooting above league average in the restricted area and the non-restricted area. And with Giannis coming back, you you got guys who like Drew Holiday and Middleton, who with him on the floor, you cannot, you know, send the help at them with, with Giannis there because the first person you scheme for is the freak, but really, you know, Jimmy Butler for the heat to continue winning in this series, he needs to come out like he did in the first quarter to Malik's credit where he had f- uh, 14 points on six of eight shots, really dictating the pace for them. I thought out of bio, to, uh, I will disagree on this point, had a solid game. He finished with 22 and he had like nine rebounds and, se- uh, and seven dimes. So he was giving him a little bit of everything. He got going mostly in the second half where he had, I think, 17 of his 22. But you you do need to see more of him early, especially if, Giannis Antetokounmpo is coming back, and, and you're going to be minus one of your integral pieces. I agree. I'm, I'm not doubting Jimmy at all. I think Jimmy's going to show up. Uh, playoff Jimmy is a, is a different breed. Uh, if the Heat want any chance to win, Victor Oladipo offensively is going to have to, to at least score 28 or, or around there, and he's more than capable of doing it. There's a lot of slander on Twitter recently for Bam. I think he's a great player. I think they'd be nuts to even consider him in, in virtually any trade. Uh, defensively, he brings a lot to the table. Uh, we'll see. Uh, um, I'm not too confident that Max Bruce is going to keep up the shooting he's doing. We'll see about that. But uh, I would, I, I could give the Heat one more game. I think they could push this to six. But uh, if Giannis comes back and plays the way he's capable of playing, I just don't see how they can stop him, man. <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, go ahead. Oh, well, well you know, I, we, I, I, I'm speculating that Oladipo will be the replacement. But, you know, it could go that way. Maybe it's Duncan Robinson, although, you know, I think it was Anthony Chang who brought up the numbers this morning on the Miami Herald that in the minutes that Duncan Robinson and Struess have logged together and it's over 300 for the season, the Heat get outscored uh, by 15 per 100 possession. So it's it's not very good. So they're always getting beat within that. You got two liabilities on the floor. So hopefully Oladipo is the right call and he can provide them some, you know, at least uh, offense in the low forties at the very least and not be a liability on the other end. Yeah. I think defensively Oladipo is fine. I think he does a decent job. Um, yeah, he does. We'll, we'll see. But uh, Malik, any last thoughts on this? It's just where do we find the offense? I, I do agree that uh, Oladipo is a pretty good replacement to have uh, considering who he was. Um, it's just, can you be consistent? 
are we going to be be able to consistently score points with this team? Because the Milwaukee Bucks are going to score points with or without Giannis. It's what they do. Bobby Portis is not a he's not a scrub. Grayson Allen at this point, he this guy it can dribble the ball up the court and score by himself. Drew Holiday is playing the best basketball of his career, possibly. And then you you still have Chris Middleton, who's still like shaping back into uh, form, and he's still looking pretty good. He he's not getting beat defensively. Um, I I just wonder where we're gonna get points scored from. I, I'm not worried about the defense. I'm not worried about scheming to uh, be able to take the ball out of certain players' hands. It's more how do we score against such a solid, such a deep team? Where do we yeah. get the depth from? Is Kevin Love gonna be able to play? Uh, put in the the positive impact that he had in game one, you know, is he going to get destroyed defensively when we put, uh, put him in for, for, for shooting essentially. Um, I, I'm just like, like I said before, I'm very skeptical. I think this is possibly the worst team to play because the Bucks are so good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see something about Middleton, man. The guy could go both for 30 against any other team, but when he sees those four led red letters on someone's chest he just scores all the time against our team so i don't understand what it is he just does it and mateo a little bit of a tidbit here but the heat won the tiebreaker and they are they are drafting 18th uh instead of 20th so they move up two spots in the draft so uh, a little bit of a small win there for making nice. the playoffs um it would have been nice to have that half percent chance to draft when they but you know what uh, it's nice that they're in the playoffs. You never, I never want to root for this team to lose. So it's 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 good that they went in. But uh, any last thoughts on this series, guys? Yeah, yeah. Real quick, the good point bringing up Kevin Love, guys, because the Heat really need him to continue what he gave them in Game One. It's going to be difficult because if he's actively looking to take charges, you know, that might knock his ass out because really ask a player how they feel one day if you get the chance, how it feels after the game when they're walking around after they've taken a pair of those shots. So, you know, they, they need him specifically on the floor for that and, you know, offensively because with Hero out, he was so vital to their starting unit because Bam Adebayo and uh, Butler, again, are not three-point shooters. And without someone like Hero, the opposing defense can, uh, you know, cheat a little more and clog the lane a little easier without someone who's a, a deep threat like that. So I know I, I mentioned Oladipo coming in as my replacement, but that's strictly for defensive purposes. Whatever he gives you offensively is really like a cherry on top. So this is why you need Kevin Love to give you some real solid production from behind the three-point line. Yeah. Uh, Malik, any last words? Um, No, honestly, I... I hate to say it, I think it's it's Brooks. Six. All right, man. Yeah. Well, hey, at least you gave us another game. So, um, yeah, man. It's I love the NBA playoffs. We're gonna see what happens. A lot of them are It's the next time we do the pod here. But uh, guys, like always, thanks for coming on and talking ball. Appreciate it. For sure. Sounds good.